Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about getting started with instrument-assisted soft tissue mobilization. We talk about wrist injuries in CrossFit athletes, and we talk about the, the deadlift exercise and its place in the orthopedic physical therapy realm. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I'm up here at Champion PT and Performance in Boston. Lenny McCrina, Dan Pope, Dave Tilly, our, our student extraordinaire from Stony Brook, Jojo Coplow, here to ask us some fantastic questions. Take it away, Jojo. Madison from Virginia. Hi, Mike. I've been listening to your show over the past couple of months. As I finish up the last few months of PT school, I heard you and your team talk frequently about instrument-assisted soft tissue mobilization and how positively it has impacted your treatments with patients. As a poor student looking to learn more about this technique, are there any readings or videos you suggest for self-teaching oneself how to perform basic IASTM before I begin working and am able to take CEU? So, uh, Madison? Yes. Madison. So Madison. So good one. So part of so Urson Religioso and I um, put together a program online, uh, IASTMtechnique.com. But I get it. That still that still costs money, right? It's pretty affordable. But the reason why we did that was because we're against the model of paying hundreds of dollars for paying thousands of dollars for for tools and stuff like that. So um, we actually have a free kind of getting started guy for an instrument assisted. So this turned into an advertisement, which is this is great. That's I deserve it, right? I mean, we have a, a lot of episodes here, right? So, um, but uh, we we have a free kind of a free guide to getting started, where I think every PT in the world should download, right? I mean, it's like I mean, it's not hard to start doing instrument assisted. So download it. There's some links on my website. I think we made a short code for it using a Bitly. So it's bit.ly bit.ly slash iastm. But go there and you can download our free getting started guide. But I think you should. But thoughts on your guys? I mean, instrument assisted it's not hard like i mean i feel like everybody should be doing it yeah i think it's just a you know you have to like learn how to handle the tools and like understand body like best body positions for someone to work on certain areas like sideline or whatever sometimes there's a lot more steps to like active mobilizations that are really helpful too so it's like know the dangerous stuff what not to use it on and then kind of work your way up to like basics Right, and and knowing how to do the stupid things too, like if leaving somebody with welts of black and blues all over their back and stuff, like stuff like that. Right, it's easy to get started. Right, there's tons of advanced training, but you shouldn't you shouldn't do you that. Do it very well. So check that out. Anyway, Jojo, Jenny from Rhode Island. This one's for Dan Pope. Dan Pope. Yes. And I'm ready. <laughs> The CrossFit God. New nickname for Dan Pope. The CrossFit God. Are you doing was that a burpee? God, that burpee. You want to do a pistol right here. <laughs> I'm an outpatient PT working with a lot of CrossFit athletes. Recently I've seen more and more wrist injuries, especially issues with TFCC and midcarpal instability. These athletes tend to do fairly well, but I keep finding myself stuck, especially when progressing a snatch, 
false grip muscle up, or transitioning to weight bearing in a wrist extension position like handstand push-ups. Any advice on exercises or progressions, regressions to work mid-carpal stability or these specific movements? Also, what are your thoughts about wrist wraps with mid-carpal instability? Love yeah. it. That's a good one for Dan and Dave. That was a good one. We see this a lot. And even Dave's probably good for this one, too, because he's a ton of gymnastics that have people have problems with wrist. Uh, it's super common. Uh, one thing that uh, we talk about a lot is that sometimes a wrist ends up getting painful because there's a problem somewhere else, right? Something like a front rack is a good example. We talk about this a lot. So if someone has a big limitation in their elbow or shoulder or thoracic spine, they get extra motion from the wrist. Someone has problems in their shoulder, then the wrist ends up moving more and more. So I think a lot of times these instability issues or people having this impingement or pain or TFC, whatever it is, TFCC problems, is probably stemming from another area and the wrist ends up moving too much. And then you have problems with instability just because it's moving too much in general. Um, the other piece is that people do need to have good range of motion within the wrist to perform these movements properly. So I think that uh, for these guys, you probably do need to do some. I'm a big fan of self-mobilizations. I took a IAS or ION course, I-A-O-M course before about the, the wrist and hand and there are some great mobilizations to gain range of motion. I uh, can't forget about the soft tissue work. We do a lot of soft tissue to the forearm. Um, we also do some, some basic stretching for these folks. Um, staying away from some of the movements that bug them for a little bit to allow this pain to die down and then addressing the other limitations. Maybe that's a lab restriction for overhead mobility. Um, when people are starting to return back to training, I think it's okay to use something like a wrap. In my mind, we're starting to load that joint up a little bit and it's a little bit sensitive. So adding something like a wrap or tape allows that joint to take a little less stress as you start to load it up. I just make sure over time you have a plan to slowly build that back up again. Um, far and away, what I see the biggest problem is that <clears throat> athletes have pain the therapist gets them out of pain, but they don't have a good program for them to return that's graded as far as the movements they use and the loads used and the way to incorporate that into a CrossFit routine. Um, people are already a little bit confused when they go to the CrossFit gym because it's already a mess as far as the different exercises they choose. So they need guidance with that, and you probably have to constantly talk with them and figure out what's right as they progress along. Um, that was huge. And I know both you guys recently have talked a lot about some wrist mobe type stuff mm -hmm. and self-assessments on fitness pain-free and shift movement science, uh, dot coms, coms, because it's plural. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> um, but I know they've done some videos. So, so look at those videos. And that's, a, you know, that's a great way of thinking about it right there. That wasn't the first thing that came to my head is that, you know, limitations in motion elsewhere, they're getting hyper motion in the wrist because of that. But yeah. Dave, what would you add? Yeah, I think, I mean, Dan and I think really similar on this concept and it's like if you if you look at all the other joints and someone doesn't really have a huge red flag or an issue I think that people really overlook uh, the fact that our wrists and our elbows and our shoulders are not really inherently weight-bearing joints you know they don't have the same evolutionary mileage that our knees have with meniscus and you know a huge cartilage to kind of protect it and just coming from a gymnastics background and seeing a lot of people do it is like I mean gymnasts are on their hands from the age of like three or four up through 18 before they start doing these crazy hard impact skills and so people who are breaking down, I think, in, in CrossFit or other, you know, jumping into the first time or not developing the progressive load. So they, like Dan said, they break down and have a limited, you know, capacity to weight, uh, weight bear. So I think that people really need to be intelligent about making sure that they're appropriately progressing gymnastics drills to their to their body weight can handle it. And I use the analogy that you wouldn't load up 60% of a, a push press in your body weight, right, and just start doing terrible form, you know, pressing because it would be like, wow, that's, that's not, that doesn't look right. But people do the exact same thing in handstand push-ups. They just jump up and start, like, repping away these terrible technique handstands. Well, of course your wrist is going to hurt. You know, you don't have any stacking technique. You don't have any capacity to bear weight. And it's just really kind of like haphazard the way you're approaching it. So. And crazy volume, exactly, like you said. Yeah. I, I, I just add, uh, I, I'm not the CrossFit guy. He has a great handstand. So I'm not, or the gymnastics guy. But, uh, uh, you know, the TFCC injuries are common in baseball. So the other thing, biomechanically, I'll throw into the mix here, is TFCCs are very similar 
sort of like the meniscus, right? I mean, you're going into hyper uh, a hyper extended position of the wrist and impinging your TFCC in a weight bearing position. So you're going to end range of motion, excessive end range of motion, and putting like your body weight on it, like Dave said and stuff like that. So you get almost think of it like a meniscus a little bit. So when you use a wrap or you tape their wrist or something like that, I think that's important because what you're doing is you're you're actually taking away that last 10% of hyper range of motion where they're impinging their cartilage because mm-hmm. that's what's happening there. You're going to think this is biomechanical too. But like Dan said, if there's a mobility issue elsewhere, you know, maybe that's why that's happening. Or maybe you have, you know, poor handstand uh, uh, stamina or like dynamic stability like Dave mentioned. And by the end of the exercise, you're just leaning on your yeah. passive static restraints like your TFCC because you don't have you don't have that strength and stamina of of your forearm and, and wrist muscles to to bear weight. Right. So it's interesting. So you know, I think there's a you know a bit of a biomechanical thing too. But right. awesome, Jojo. One more, right? Nick from Washington. What are major advantages and disadvantages of deadlifting in an orthopedic setting? I work with one PT who is adamantly against deadlifts, but I think it's one of the better functional strength activities in weightlifting. So I, I guess we're still in a day and age where PTs yeah, are adamantly right. against deadlifts. Adamantly. Don't hurt their backs. Uh, yeah, especially where, like, I mean, you could deadlift, like, 10 pounds. Like, it's like, a, like I mean. Right, you know, de- de- you know, deadlifts are, you know, quite functional because of, you know, the hip hinge type movement and posterior loading, that type of thing. But, like, again, like, are they they Adamantly against hip against hip hinging, or do they just assume deadlifting means you're trying to do a 500 pound barbell deadlift? Right. Yeah, I'd be interesting curious to hear the therapist. Like, maybe there's, there's got to be a miscommunication somewhere. I can't imagine somebody is adamantly but, against it, but or you're that, saying that, but that PT doesn't get it. That PT doesn't get that there's lots of spectrums of deadlift. You could goblet deadlift. Is that a thing? But you, uh, you could uh, not, not, not. I was no. I was thinking of kettlebell. Uh, kettlebell. I'm like that. Didn't, that something didn't click with me. Uh, you can kettlebell deadlift like 25 pounds. You know, something like so that. And groceries. And that's that's yeah. It's like picking up something from the floor. I think that's functional. I always, I always joke about this, and that's actually this came up at camp last week too. Is uh, you know people are so quick to blame exercises or blame sports or blame stuff. It's like you would be like if you deadlifted in CrossFit, right, in a workout, and you like hurt your back, right? Like oh, CrossFit's so bad for you. Deadlifting's bad for you. But if you went to Home Depot and picked up a thing, you know huge bag and it hurt your back you'd be like you would be like oh home depot is dangerous you got to watch out right? it's not the same thing you have to see that it's like maybe it's bad for the person at that time right or maybe they're not appropriate because of somewhere in their rehab is fine but inherently saying any dangerous movement i don't know i just feel like that's there's never an always or never yeah, and you're not having them deadlift in their garage right yeah. like like dan does like it's uh <laughs> yeah. do, you, do, do, you, do you have a squat rack in your garage well, I did. I don't have a garage now. It's in the living room. All my favorite fitness pain free videos are Dan just in a hoodie, like a, like a beanie in the middle of winter with no shirt, just deadlifting. Like, who is this dude? That's the orthopedic setting. Uh, but yeah, I think it's different. I mean, if it's proper, proper, properly coached, right, and you do that right, I think it's an important functional movement pattern. I think it's crazy to not do it. would be terrified if you didn't teach them how to get back to a basic hinge. Exactly, because that, maybe that's why they hurt themselves, because yeah. they don't know how to hinge. Yeah. So anyway, all right, you, you get it, right? <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, guys, so much. Another awesome episode. Go to MikeRonald.com, click on the podcast link, and fill out that form to ask us more questions. But more importantly, go to iTunes, subscribe, and um, uh, review. <laughs> subscribe and review uh, the podcast, because we actually read those. It's good. That's how we learned that Lenny was many of many people's favorite character <laughs> on like the Kramer. show. He's, yeah, he's, he's the <laughs> favorite. <laughs> 
the Kramer of, uh, of the podcast. But thanks so much, guys. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeReynolds.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.